Hello people, welcome to Wazi. This is Daisy, your host. Um, and today I'm speaking to Wai Rimo Dubao. Um, I'm gonna let her introduce herself because we don't I don't like doing introductions because I feel like it's a bit easy. I don't feel like she is this, maybe she's not even that. Um, and you know, what you do is not necessarily what you are. Does that make sense? Yeah, you get it. So yeah, I'm just gonna let her introduce herself and then I'll explain how we got here eventually. Yeah. So greetings and salutations. <laughs> my name is Wairimo. Like I don't know why my mind went blank when I'm like, introduce yourself. Like ah oh. It literally happens to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh crap. Um okay. Um, what do I say? Anyways, so I am a Kenyan, um, born and raised in Nairobi, um, which is really just a very interesting experience living in Nairobi. It's just, it's very interesting. Anyways, so I am currently a music student um, and I'm in my final year. So that's exciting. Um, and what do I do? I curate Kenya's music history. In addition to that, I love music, um, I guess, but as the saying goes, since I'm curating music, I mean, <laughs> you'd hope that the person loves music. So, um, I, um, yeah, I'm a music major in university, and I play the piano, and I also do ballet. So really, yeah, I do. Wow, I do. I do. Okay, that's yeah. really dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I honestly find ballet dancers to be. I don't know. I just find it very gracious, and maybe it's because of the moves. Yeah, but I've seen like how tasking it can mm. be and it's a lot of effort yeah. for so much grace when it's being performed yeah <laughs> and if that makes sure. sense it's like you've gone through everything and then when you come on stage you just look so good yeah and it and looks so behind the scenes blood sweat and tears literally literally, <laughs> literally. so yeah. how long have you been doing ballet so i started ballet when i think i was six like i apparently wow. i had like a lot of energy as a child so my parents were like this child we need to do something with this child so um they thought of gymnastics but there's no gymnastics um, classes being offered in yeah. Kenya at the time so the next alternative they thought of was ballet and so yeah that's when my ballet journey began but the issue was because a lot of the teachers that would come in were not from Kenya they would be from places like the UK or South Africa not a lot of them were able to stay here for a while and I think with ballet what really helps is if you have um, a continuous you know a continuous teacher there to like guide you and yeah. for me mine was very interrupted where there would be like one year where we don't have a teacher and then a new one would come and then leave after a year so i think just like that um broken you know you know interspersed yeah. um level of learning in ballet just i think really limited like how far i could have gone or like what i could have done but i think it's been really good when i look at it so yeah that is the story of how we began ballet <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool like yeah, yeah again mm. you're probably the only ballet dancer i know well other than my kid cousins who yeah. i guess as opposed to you which shows just the difference in time yeah. is they're now benefiting from you know the people who came ahead and were like okay there's a huge gap that needs to be filled yeah. so people need to be you know present yeah. oh we can also introduce this to schools so some yeah. schools offer it yeah. as a like you know doing clubs day or whatever yeah. like yeah. an extracurricular yeah. that's really cool um yeah so how i knew of one boy sorry why did i say <laughs> one boy Kikuyu name. oh my god Kikuyu oh my god and thank you <sighs> wah, wah, wah. So, Wairimo, 
where Demo is um I was saying to her before like I have followed the blog where Joe Kenya which she's going to tell us about for a long time but I just never knew who is behind the blog and I was curious to find out who it was so then I saw this really cool video from Aban Ivy Kerr mm-hmm. um and I saw it because um my friend shared it who also happened to be a cousin and actually the reason i was even more keen is because she was like yo my cousin so i was like okay if i was you know having this cousin let me go to sus because you couldn't see what exactly the video yeah, is yeah. but it was a really nice still image yeah. and i guess contextually i was also a visual artist so i was like if i was approving let's go so i went and, and saw and i was like oh my god the search is over like now i figured out who's behind it and Also the video production of that was really nice. Yeah. Like it was and, and I've been following them so I'm like oh my god you guys do cool stuff They and really do. It was yeah anyway so that's how I found out who was behind Rachel Kenyanos and then I just messaged her I think on Instagram I was like hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we are. And that's how we are. Yeah, it's such a small world. <laughs> it's literally such a small world because like my cousin lives in Australia so it's just like how this all like worked out. It's it's wild. It's interesting it's wild. to yeah. say the least. My sister likes that word. Though I feel like she misuses it. She's like if she <laughs> doesn't know how to describe something she's like yeah, it's just interesting. And I'm like is it? <laughs> really? <laughs> Um so tell us about Wedge Kenya cuz yeah like how did it start like how did you think about it yeah. what was it yeah that whole thing yeah so i think it um started it all started in um university um so i just realized that okay so we do mainly study ke- um western music history in in university and um i think it's only one class you do on like african music and that is so wide already in kenya it's 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 almost impossible it's really hard to just like uncover all the musical traditions that exist and so now let alone just like now covering the continent so um i really did enjoy that class though but i feel like it left me with some longing or like like it was not finished like i hadn't unpacked all that i wanted to unpack and then i think it also just like i think my process um just like what i was going through in university also was a lot of um self discovering um and really wondering what who am i as a as a kenyan and as a woman and as a gikuyu woman in specific and what does that mean and i think it also led me to going back and researching you know on my my history as a as a gikuyu woman and what that looked like and so i think because that also made me so happy and i enjoyed it and i think i grew so much from just like looking back into history and just really defining for myself i think for the first time what it meant to be an african and, and a kenyan and a gikuyu and i think that i just hadn't had or um and it was just like also very it was such a you know coming into myself i think that's what it was but i think um growing up very exposed to western culture i think in almost all facets of life if it's if it's tv if it's your books i mean like it's it's like you're being bombarded and i think that kind of leaves you with a separation without you really knowing it and so i think this whole process was me coming into myself and kind of finding like wholeness in that so um i think also in the friends i 
made in university were just also opened my mind opened my mind to so much and um yeah and i think really truly like celebrating the richness of our of our, of our heritage as kenyans and so i think for me that's when i realized that there was a gap in in Kenyan music history like why do i not know just like i had gone through the search of me trying to find out what was who was i as a gikoyo and what was that i felt like those i didn't know myself as a musician as a, and as a Kenyan musician and i didn't know the history and yet here i was studying about like dead white men <laughs> and i'm like i mean it's great but you have done your work like westerners have done their work in like you know recording history but like and they have i guess developed a sense of pride and they have something to look back on and they've built like whole curriculums i'm like why as kenyans do we have like no like no space for that so i think that's where veggie kenya came out from and it was just like very natural going into it i think it was like always what i was meant to do when i look mm. it's just like an extension of myself and i think that was just really Yeah. And where did the name come from and what does it mean? So actually how the name came from. So I had this idea in my head of what I wanted to do. And so I was living in like a bed sitter just like off um next to my not far away from my university. So I run to my like next door neighbor. He's like such a good friend um and he's such a great person to ba- bounce ideas off of um his name is Sam and so I was like I ran to him at like 9 like pm at night and I was like I need you to give me a name for this idea I have I need you to give me a name and so we sat down and we brainstormed and then um we came up with um so then he suggested different names and I was like I need a name for like you know kind of trying to like encapsulate wait people um what i had wanted to do or what i wanted to put into place with Fajr Kenya so that's where the name came from and he gave it to me and we called his mom because it's um it's Jaluo it's uh, Fajr Kenya Jaluo and it means music for the people of Kenya wow. and yeah it means music for the people of Kenya and so we called his mom to just like confirm and it was just like so nice it was such a lovely night and um yeah that's how Fajr Kenya came to be and that's what it means and yeah i really i really like the story behind it Yeah, it's a really cool story. Yeah. And I think like even as you were talking, you know, about the space and we don't have things to document is exactly where I was um what I was feeling through high school. Mm-hmm. So like I did A for Food, so I did music. <laughs> and it's I guess it's similar in what you're saying in terms of curriculum though yours was like university level mm-hmm. was we did have like how the syllabus was structured for music in high school was mm-hmm. You do have African music and Western music. Yeah. But when you look at the Western music, it's like 90% yeah. of the the curriculum, curriculum. Yeah. and then the 20 is African. And it was things like until I was in fourth form is when yeah. they changed the syllabus a little bit to include Kenyan composers. Mm. But even then it was very shallow. It was just more like, okay, here's a list of Kenyan composers. Yeah. So no story behind it yeah. no knowledge of what ex- like you know this they tell you the songs they composed yeah. but it was just really like okay let's just slap you with at least people you should know and it's really frustrating because i'm like we we have so many great people yes you know done so much labor mm-hmm. 
from traditional times yeah. because now the one thing that I really loved about another African music section mm. was the practical part yeah. because yeah. you get to do like folk songs you understand like oh this song was sung for the this rhythm. and for me that was how I even learned about different cultures mm. so you know you'd have to wear costumes so you're told Giriamas they wear mafungu and then they wear different colors the colors yeah. are white blue and red I'm yeah. like I didn't even know that yeah. you see so the African because there was also African and Western history yeah. so in history is when you also learn like where were these songs practiced the songs were you know for maybe um, during morning stuff yeah, like that yeah. so about different communities yeah. so that w- I think was well done mm-hmm. I think more can obviously be done because as opposed to us just learning the bare minimum like yeah, yeah this is my fo- this was done for this this was done for this yeah. oh it was done for exercising so it's just basically like yeah you're giving me the facts but we're not really understanding exactly. how it was done exactly. and I was lucky our music teacher was well informed mm. so for us it was like she would give us the extra yeah so even with composers and i think music fests music festivals really helped yeah. because it also was structured in a way where if you get to an, the national point there's literally a boiling pot of cultures yeah. because people are from all over yeah you're not restricted to what you can do mm-hmm. you can perform music from like a different culture like yeah. and that pushes you to learn more mm-hmm. and i guess for my school gosh i can't believe i'm saying something nice <laughs> but <laughs> one good thing about that school is we used to yeah. have like interhouse competitions mm-hmm. so and the categories were arranged in the same way as a music festival but mm-hmm. obviously for school so each house like you're competing yeah. so it was like a music festival pb yeah. so um we had like you had to perform like a traditional dance like a folk song from yeah. kenya yeah. and then you had to do a dance from outside of kenya mm-hmm. so whatever other african country you want to do yeah. and then now you'd have the things like a set piece that would change so sometimes so if we did like an african it used to be african but they'd push a lot for kenyan mm. so if we did a kenyan song for folk song this year the next yeah. year is probably gonna be a western song yeah so at least there was that push and you're doing when you do a kenyan song like you know who it's by who yeah. composed it yeah. and what was it for yeah. so you're not just singing things for the sake of singing yeah. you understand the, the story behind, behind it. it the purpose yeah. behind music and yeah. stuff and I think, like you're saying, there was no space for that. Yeah. So for me, when I saw Rejo Kenya, I was like, someone has done it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was that moment for, bro, I'd love to do it. But I also know, like, I'm limited in that capacity. Mm. Where it's like, there's very little, like, I can do in terms of just me and how mm. maybe I'd present things. Yeah. So you see, if there's someone else who's, like you're saying, you're doing research for the next blog. It's not like yeah. you're just writing what you feel. And no. Oh my God, this music. So there's research that's being done. Yeah. Um, it's something that can, it's a resource that yeah. can be used by people exactly. extensively. Yeah. And we just needed someone to document that. Yeah. And I don't know if there are people who reach out with info to help you out or not as much i think there have been yeah there have definitely been one or two people who've like put me on yes in fact i remember this was like i think really kind of like a defining moment of kind of what i wanted my virgil kenya focus to be on so um there's this a really amazing lady she runs a blog called african digital heritage and so now she looks also into like museum spaces um, on the continent and what the politics behind museum spaces and the history of like museum spaces in the continent and why they were designed Um, and also just like she really is into like you know repatriation of um 
objects from Western museums back into into Africa. So I know she um, is someone I really do look up to. She's called Chow, and so she um, sent me um, the name of this musician. Musician. He was. He's called Jirma, and he was from. Um, he lived in Garissa. He lived in Garissa and grew up in Garissa. And so I think when she put me on, when she when she sent me his name and I researched him, I was like, oh my goodness, this is also something that I've noticed, like where people from northern Kenya are completely left out of, yeah. you know, what is happening or like news or it's or it's only negative things that you ever hear, you know, sometimes from that side. And I was like, wow, even I was really challenged in how I went about documenting because, you know, you just generally document also what's what's available i mean like when i research and what normally tends to be available is what happens in like nairobi Mm. or like in the central province of kenya in the western province of kenya or like by the coast that's where there's a lot seems to be like a lot more information but what happens up north is rarely um documented so i was like oh my goodness and i think that was just like a mind-blowing thing and i just like researched and he was like such a fascinating um person and of course like the information was limited but i think it really whet my appetite to just also like learn to just go outside of the information that's available to me and i think that's something i want veggie kenya to like really focus on on like minority groups in kenya the history, their history, their musical history, and um, women, especially, because that's also yes. something that I notice. It's like always the men that you find information on. I'm like, where are the women? They were there. They were definitely there. So why are their names not, you know, readily? Why is information about their lives and their music not readily available? Um, so yeah, so definitely a focus on like women and. Um, groups and then also the intersection of those two because I think it's yes. really important to look at the intersection of, of those two so yeah so. like I, I host a radio show and thank god I host a radio show on a community radio station yeah. so they give, there's so much freedom yeah. of what you, you can literally play whatever you want Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I like that because at least it's not being dictated to me also like I don't have to put on a persona to yeah. fit into the show because yeah. then if you're giving me a playlist it's like okay I have to act <laughs> like I like the songs yeah. but maybe I'm killing myself yeah. <laughs> you know I tend to hear the same song that was played in the morning like you, you know of those radio shows where yeah. it's yes. like the playlist is on shuffle <laughs> so you can and hear the same right. song five times and you know there's so much bureaucracy that goes on yes. to who paid so their yeah. song has to be played a number of times mm. whatever yeah. so I sometimes I try and do like specific themes for the shows yeah. so I did one for like just black women yeah. specifically mm. and I was you know I ran out of I didn't run out of songs I ran out of time mm. where it was like bro there's so much more and I was like I'll just it's, do another one yeah. but these are things that I I knew yeah. and I guess also considering the show is also in Australia so mm. it's one of those I just used to get so mad yeah. when, <laughs> when we talk about African music and the the first of all the fact that we are classifying a whole continent's music like what you're saying yeah just in kenya alone there's so much so much so many different <laughs> sounds so many so for me yeah. it used to be like bro okay i understand how you're like ignorant and you classify africa as a country and it's not a country and yeah. all that bullshit but for me it was just like the fact that you can hear on stage like it's mm. not something foreign to you like mm. someone is playing you mm. you have three different artists following each other and the sound is so different yeah and it's like you're not hearing it but somehow it sounds the same 
to you. Like, that thing, I'm just like, bro, this one's came with bongos and jambes yeah. and maybe a shaker. Yeah. The other one came with like, what other instrument name just disappeared and like I can sit in my head and I can't, but came with maybe something different. Yeah. But somehow, <laughs> you can you. classify those. And so for me, even when I started curating music, yeah. um, obviously in Australia it was a bit different because mm. now you're also um, curating for shows, mm. so like booking artists and stuff. Mm. When I was given those roles, it was just like, okay, now here we are, it's, it's a boiling pot of culture because yeah. first of all, um, mm. I'm probably going to put black people on regardless. Not yeah. probably, I always. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, and it's, and it's, and I, and for me, it wasn't even at this thing. I just realized like my library, mm. I just happened to listen to just black, like it's very black heavy. Yeah. And it's not a test that I'm like, block on the white people. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> it just happened. And so for me, it was like, yeah, those are, I guess there's just something that I relate to with these guys. And I understand that when I listen to music. But even when I'm putting up a lineup, it's just for not all black people are the same. So there's Caribbeans, there's Africans, there's, you know, indigenous Australians. So even stuff like that, where it's like, okay, how do we make this work? And I think the most proud show I've ever been. Like curated was Melbourne Music Week mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. and I had three women, three men, yeah. But there was three Africans and three Indigenous people as, mm-hmm. as well. Like for wow. me, I was like, ah, I'm wow. not blowing my horn, but <laughs> you guys. And it was doable. What yeah. you're saying, like there's mm-hmm. an erasure of women, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, you can still pull off a great Greek mm-hmm. with just women, yeah. but also just include people. Like don't look at them as, oh my god, they're women. It's like, are they talented? Yeah. They are. Yeah. The music is great. So. Yeah don't curate with necessary and it goes you know obviously for like shows is different because mm-hmm. you're also looking for a performance like there's so many elements to look at mm-hmm. but even from my radio perspective which is what i was trying to say is african music is not just traditional music mm-hmm. there's hip-hop artists there's yeah, r&b artists so and what i found surprising best. is like when i play other people and okay you get call-ins like on radio yeah. but you don't pick them live yeah you can but not a good idea <laughs> Because you don't know what the person's <laughs> gonna say. Like some people call in for, trust me, different, so many different things. <laughs> so and I pick up and they're like, oh my god, what was that song? Yeah. And they're like, it was so nice. Well, the playlist is always there. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, I'm like, just check the playlist. But <laughs> and it's nice when when people say I discovered this artist that I didn't know of, or they just really like the song and then they look them up and they just happen to be, you know, someone from. Brazil and yeah. they just didn't know of this person yeah. and music transcends that mm-hmm. and even so recently I did a show like cel- just celebrating artists who came before mm-hmm. and those are times when one song is nine minutes long yeah and that in itself is there was beauty to that because yeah. you don't know where this song is going when mm. you think you figured it out it's it just modulation three yeah. so other instruments come it's yeah. a climax and then yeah. there was a beauty of that arrangement that doesn't exist anymore mm. because now to have an eight minute song yeah people are like <sighs> the like label is telling you no one's gonna play that song on mm. radio you mm. know there's so many things that yeah. are just limiting artists slowly slowly yeah, yeah. and you know my friend was like bro i didn't even know of who was that artist that she found where i can't remember but she said there's so many artists who were there that i didn't know mm. and i really tried my best to like at least represent every region because mm. again it's africa it's broad yeah. um and even stations that play maybe like 
old school music for mm-hmm. lack of a better word mm-hmm. like traditional music or just artists from like the 50s if the 60s 70s yeah. yeah they just tend to play the same kind of thing kind the of. same songs mm-hmm. so you can find someone like maybe Oliver Mtukudzi yeah. or Mira Makeba yeah <laughs> she had so many songs but yeah. they play patapata over mm-hmm. and over yeah. so it's like yeah of course it's a cool song and maybe it just vibes with your playlist yeah. but don't just limit her to three songs yeah. that are fa- like a big and mm-hmm. so we'll just play those three songs yeah. it's like the artistry goes beyond just like what they were mainly known exactly. for yeah yeah so sure. what you're saying especially with highlighting even minorities mm. is important mm. because that doesn't exist and even you know pushing yourself to go outside of the what we already have and mm. i guess even what i was hearing is because you're researching it's your research is also being limited by the resources available mm. so you have to find your own ways of extending combat, to yeah. find stuff that we don't know about so yeah. you can tell us yeah so how is that even that process of getting to i don't know find things that you want do you reach out to people and be like hey could you tell me about yeah. your life <laughs> i think i will have to be getting into that um especially because i feel like um so the golden age of you know popular music in, in Nairobi was like in the in the 50s and in the 60s and in the 70s that's when like music was really booming really popular um and it was so colorful wow let me tell you Nairobi we were popping the outfits on fire wow it's just just really nice to just look back um Um but in terms of like resources I'm realizing that um I just have to do something about it because so a lot of the musicians that were active during that time are getting older which yeah. means that they're also like passing on without like you know someone there to like record their stories or just really um engage them on like what life was like what it was like creating music in Nairobi during those days um just like even learning like with like listening and sitting at their feet and just getting wisdom from from them and so i'm really realizing that i think i just really have to do something about being proactive about looking for like those musicians um because i think also in interviewing them then you also learn about like other people that you may not have yes. heard of if you do like online research so i think that's something i really want to look towards um i mean kettlebell music yeah has done such a good job on on just like documenting all of that and even like their books and their audios are so rich and so i think i i purchased um their shades of benga book you have it i have okay. it okay i'll do like ah, a preview because yeah. i've been i've been meaning to get it it's such a good book it's like expensive but it's so worth, worth it. it it is so worth it cuz even like the photographs just really bring that era alive mm. and so i think um it's also just like going out of your way and i guess it's an investment you know like just like you know saying that this this is what i want to do so i'm going to spend the money that way um and then i think also just something that i also one of my goals for vajra kenya was also making this information really readily available mm. to everyone um and also just trying to see how i can do that um because you know right now it's also kind of like instagram which is where i predominantly you know post like my work and the blog it's also kind of like a privileged space yeah. in where like not every kenyan has a- access to that so how do i make that more accessible and oh what are god can i just say even before you finish yeah. i'm so happy you thought about that yes yeah. accessibility is a big thing that mm. even i am learning 
as I go mm. that we a lot of us really don't think about and particularly yeah. in this country mm. and I mean as easy as having a ramp mm. for people who have, who can to physically access yes. spaces yeah like because I've always thought about how do people who are on wheelchairs or crutches mm. or um and can't and don't have a private means of transport like how do they move yeah because my tattoos, eh, my tattoos <laughs> it's just you know we haven't even thought about that yeah. and then you wonder why things don't work but you know even you thinking as yeah. accessibility is not even just um a physical thing mm. it's as you know maybe people can't afford even bundles maybe they're yeah. on instagram but they're on instagram like two times a week yeah. or a month or something yeah. like that sorry yeah. go on i just had to like <laughs> Thanks for thinking about that. Yeah, so I think that's just something I'm also just constantly asking myself, like how to just constantly be assessing my privilege. Because, you know, I think most of the times you just like operate and you think everyone is the same as you or everyone thinks like you or has the same opportunities as you. So I think also in this work, I've just constantly had to like sit down with myself and call myself out on like my privilege um, and how that has affected my work or how that will affect my work. Um, and so... <laughs> oh God, like what the original thing the was. research like oh uh, yes the research it's okay so it happens all the time you go in tangents and you're like okay, okay we'll what, get there eventually yeah. <laughs> so the research um i think is just now me i think having to also step outside of my comfort zone you know and i'm um, trying to see how i can really go out and collect the information that's there and then also i think also looking for people I can partner with because this yes. can't just solely be about me. Bro. It can't just solely be about me. So, um, but also picking the right people to partner with. Yes. Because you know, that's also really important. I just don't want to go and collect someone from the side of the road and really our goals are not aligned. Mm. Um, we're not in the same space. And so I think that's also just something that I've been actively not actively but also thinking about in the back of my mind yeah um and just like taking it one day at a time i think this is i think that's what i've also really liked about this whole process of curating it's just like how it's like one day at a time um because i think also just um being so caught up in a space where um people are very if you're posting online everyone is like concerned about okay audience engagement like the yeah. numbers wow. and everything wow. yeah <laughs> Exactly. So just like also constantly checking myself and saying that um, it's not about the numbers and it's not about just being focused on all of that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking about in the back of my head as Veggie Kenya begins, like slowly grows um, and as I grew along with it as well. Yeah, that's great because I think even I was talking to now a friend of mine who went to do music after high school mm-hmm. um study well do a major in music yeah but she went to ku mm. Kenyatta university and to be quite honest i'm not sure when the last time that syllabus was ever yeah. reviewed okay, which yeah. just means <laughs> that you know the way our systems have yeah. been built and particularly our education systems mm. is we need to adapt with the times like you don't have to change the educational system well it has to change it has changed yeah. but like 
we're also at a point where it doesn't have to be a drastic thing that we are reviewing. Mm. It's we need to have people in that position who are controlling the syllabus mm. who are actively involved in actually making a difference. Yeah. So it really bothers me the way I was saying even in high school like bro why are we learning about Mozart? Why do yeah. I know so much about him exactly. than I do about Dodi Kabaka? Yeah. And Dodi Kabaka is way closer to me mm-hmm. in everything possible exactly. than Mozart who died <laughs> centuries ago. Exactly. And you know even and it goes to show even with now what you're saying you go to university and you're still doing more western music yeah. but you're living in an african country yeah and so your chances of even pursuing the same western music within here it it's not a perfect fit yeah. and it's probably like a coin toss and yeah. there's so much navigation yeah and then at the same time it's so i feel like the way music was presented to us as a career was it's just marketable outside mm. is what you're constantly hear mm-hmm. hearing and oh if you want to be successful get out and like even just unpacking that because you see we don't have um a legacy to look back on and see like musicians yes. are so crucial to like society like, yes oh my god so crucial and so if you have nothing to look back on and say this was so important and this is why we need to make sure that the music industry is 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 secure is stable and is like something that parents are like when you hear your child doing wanting to do music you're not like oh my goodness my child will struggle i don't want that to be um what they do but i think it's so crucial for also people to look back and see like music is so important and so we can, i feel like truly you can only like build something that benefits everyone when you have addressed the past and you look back at the past and see okay this is what was done this was why it was important now that's how we can like move forward and create something that benefits everyone and and is rooted also in our ways of being agreed and so even when she was telling me about the again the syllabus has probably yeah. changed for years yeah um and it was you know that's the thing like even if when i wanted to do music bro i had to tell mark to just find something mm. that works mm. for me mm. i'm like i don't want to go back to be trained to be a music teacher mm. that needs to be my choice not yeah. my like i need to choose exactly and it's not like you're dictating to me oh if you come to do this musicals that really the most you're getting out of it is training to be a music teacher yeah because even the way it's structured is what we're doing in high school Mm. but not from a teacher's perspective so that's for me was like i don't want to go back and do the same thing like i you know i know of course i'm like if i'm trained i'll be really good at orals or that stuff but it's like bro i already did that stuff yeah i want to grow that knowledge yeah. and not be trained on yeah. how to you know there's so much closure it should be yeah. oh my god we have a music course okay do you want to focus on this that yeah. that and then you decide mm. where your focus is at but you have this n- skills that you can apply in actual life yeah outside of being a teacher and yeah. you know to improve your talent because exactly. of course for some of us we are talented and mm. we want to foster that and use that mm. um and that's why there's so much negative connotation even of how music is perceived mm-hmm. because you know the fact that i know about Hugh Masekela, i know about Miriam Makeba i know about Oliver Mtukudzi these Kuti. are legends Felakuti and i can tell you the stories which is the best thing because it has been documented yeah 
but it's sad that I can be more confident about all those people than I am mm-hmm. about my own people. Mm-hmm. Some of them who are still alive. Yeah. They're mushrooms. Yeah. Bro, what to wanna judge Ambo Kenya, but they don't know who wrote it. <laughs> exactly. You know? And it's like the most Swear. touristy sh- song yeah. <laughs> that is played at every hotel to do and that tourist. Exactly. Every cover band is going to do it. Yeah. And there's a high chance even those cover bands don't know who the song is mm. by. And that alone is a problem. Because I was watching, um, I don't know if you've watched this YouTube channel called Cleaning the Airwaves, where they talk to artists. I need um, to. I've been, like, it's there. <laughs> it's there, waiting for me. Nobody. When the time is right. Jump. For me, it happened by accident. Like, I was yeah. singing it, I was singing it, I was singing it. Then one time I was, I saw a, like, I think I saw a, a promo or someone yeah. posted something and I'm like hey this looks like an interesting conversation so I went yeah. and I remember when Blinky was talking he was mm-hmm. talking about something similar where mm-hmm. it's like we we're not appreciating our legends and so he was looking for um he wanted to sample someone's song mm-hmm. I can't remember which artist but it was one of these artists like from the 60s and them mm-hmm. and so for him even like he, w- he used to go to the record store every day mm-hmm. and the guy's like we don't have that record we don't have that record the one time he went someone else was there was like oh i know where you can find it yeah and the, so he happened to find like it was a person like he happened to know the person in the band so yeah. he was like i can connect to you yeah. so he got to find the musician and stuff yeah but you know even him not being able to understand the value of mm. hey i'm blinky bill i want to sample your song he yeah. was like what do you want to sample you know yeah. there's that disconnect yeah. but it's because these people did so much work and then mm-hmm. a lot of them didn't benefit no. from literally structuring a music scene oh my goodness and i was reading True. when i was doing that show of like you know artists who came early there was this oh why am i forgetting which artist they are there's this artist um from tanzania I'm forgetting the name. You know, mm. these things just spunk out. They're two <laughs> brothers. Um, they started music in, in Dar es Salaam. Mm. And then they came to visit Kenya. And they met someone. Um, yeah. But then at that time, there was issues with borders. So they were kind of locked in Nairobi. Um, <sighs> I think I know who you're talking about. <gasps> I know who you're talking about. And even me, like, my... It, the name has slipped from my brain. I wait, know wait, it's come... About. Oh. And they built, like, they had a band. They yes. built a band. I know who you're talking yes. about. <laughs> And they started making music, mm. but it was because Nairobi was a conducive place to also yeah. do music. Yeah. So these things you're talking about, like Nairobi was a place yeah. where there was a time that was it. So yeah. there was people for Lingala who were influenced maybe mm. mainly by Congolese people, mm. but then there was also the Zilizo Pendwa, yeah. which was authentic to Kenya and so it was you know you have the artists who were influenced from the coast mm-hmm. and you know they'd sing like songs like Charuni Niwasi and you know you have artists from who are doing Benga like yeah. there was it was such a boiling pot it really of was. such great music yeah. and obviously with time things have changed and yeah. you know we still have artists like Akina Makadem who are still mm-hmm. playing um, but you know that that in itself mm-hmm. when Again, I was watching now Budoni's CTA. Yeah. But, you know, with places like even Blanket, and they'd bring artists to perform on stage, mm-hmm. and people are like, now who is this? Yeah. And not necessarily who are there, but they don't know. Mm. So they're genuinely like, we've never even heard of this artist. Yeah. And it's someone like Shalamwana. So Uko, like, bro, like you don't know who this is. But then you understand why they don't. I have an interest in it, so I've. You've like actually taken the steps to further your yes. like your knowledge on that, and that's a good thing yeah. with Virgil Kenya being on Instagram. Mm. Is I think you've also found a way 
to fi- to ac- to make it easier for people to access that information. Yeah. So for me seeing a post then I'll be like, okay, maybe I want to know more. Then I'll go to the blog post yeah. and read more about it. Yeah. But at least you're introducing, you know, you're also planting that seed in people's minds mm-hmm. for, yeah, there's these people who you should probably know about because yeah. they did great stuff. And yeah. someone's like, who is this? What did they do? Yeah. And they go. And that's a good thing about having spaces like yours because mm-hmm. the way I see it in my head is there will be a point that is a resource. Mm. Like, oh my God, I need to research this person. Yeah. Where should I find this information? Yeah. Because you've done that work for yeah, people. Yeah. Um, and even within partnerships, like, mm. I think, I obviously think our government needs to do the most. <laughs> but it's because, you know, it bothers me because we don't, we literally do not have a ministry of arts and culture. It was the ministry of sports. And they were like, bro. Oh, okay. We need to add these ones onto this. Artists are complaining. Ah. They're complaining. <laughs> so that 200 million for sports that's not being used because there's no sports give it to the artist and yeah. that's literally how we got we need a ministry that is looking into that stuff yeah so because what you're doing is you're preserving culture yeah and it's also opening the space up for even artists and people interested in art to see that stuff yeah that's why i was so keen when you were talking about this lady and museums i'm like what i need to also find this she does platform. amazing work and i think that was also one of like um I got, you know, was like pushed to like actually saying, okay, this Virgil Kenya thing actually needs to be on because I had been following her work for a while and I was like, wow, this is so important and I think in one of her blog posts that she writes on, on the blog um, she was writing about like how 90 to 95% of Africa's cultural heritage is outside of the continent and that percentage blew my mind I'm like how? How? Like, that's so much and no wonder like i feel like we can't really you know move forward or create you know a really a continent for africa for africans that is the best for us because we have nothing to look back and say oh wow this is what i come from this is this is my history this is what i have to take pride in and if you have nothing to look back on and you know like be proud of like the people that came before you then you really can't move i think forward in pride or like forward knowing that you want to create um a better continent a better space for even the people that will come after you so um yeah i think she like she does amazing work so ciao but i think even what you're saying also in terms of partnership is important and i think Mm. what you said was yeah you just don't partner with anyone yeah (laughs) you need to find people who your your goals are similar mm. and obviously within partnership it also helps yeah. but but well, i don't know if there's like organizations that you know would foster that i do know of british council okay. and it, it pains me like the people who support the <laughs> exactly. are like exactly i'm like oh. it's Gote institute it's Alliance. it's british council uh, 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 and i'm like these are foreign entities yeah. and you know even for them to do that is like they have a quota still yeah. of like oh okay we need to maybe do more things to do less with French maybe thirty percent I don't mm. I don't know what the quota is mm. but they're doing the most yeah and it's not even their place mm. and it's what you're saying we need to create a space by Africans for Africans yeah. and we need to come back you know it <laughs> when I listen to Fela Kuti's music even yeah. this guy's been talking about us feeling worthy yeah. from when he started music yeah he's died 
he's alleged mm. we're talking about the same thing today mm. where it's like we need to find pride within our whatever your thing is mm. if it's your business that business if it's your music yeah. if it's your films if it's your whatever yeah. and the the fact that we now think of things in a money perspective is yeah. is obviously a beginning of many problems because it's no longer nine minutes of a song because the label is like bro break it down to like five songs then mm. if you want a 15 minute song mm. but there's a reason that song was 15 minutes yeah. or you know 10 minutes or seven minutes like we don't get that anymore and that's why when someone makes a song that long these days it's, it's like, like a phenomenon uh, it's like, well, this is, uh, even people who are listening are like i can't concentrate anymore so that's also really interesting how our concentration spans have grown like shorter mm. i mean so and yeah. it's programming yeah and that's what i was sure. that's why i even started with radio because i really hate it when radio people on radio and i've had this incredible amount of times yeah maybe not to me but even people around me and stuff mm-hmm. is Oh, we can't play that because we don't think the audience is going to, you know, like it or play it. Let yeah. them complain about it. Yeah. You know. And when you're in that position, bro, it's your radio station. Whatever you play, they will listen. Yeah. So it just it never makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a way of them it's a, it's not a way, it is gatekeeping. Mm. And it's very yeah. rigid because you don't think of change. Yeah. And I try, like, I don't listen to radio unless I'm in a car. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> where? But I try and listen online sometimes. Yeah. And I was listening to Capital in the car yeah. <laughs> the other day. And I don't know the name of the show. I just know it's on Saturday evening. Mm-hmm. And I loved that show. I can't remember the name of the host because yeah. I don't know if I got to hear her name because yeah. I was there very briefly. But she played like four different songs that I have never heard of before. Oh my goodness. But, you know, even I was thinking, this show is on a Saturday evening. Yeah. This could be a prime show. Yeah. Because she's introducing you to like a boiling pot of cultures. Mm. And she was like, oh, this one's from Brazil. This one's from my... And I played some of those songs even on my show because I I was just shazamming like, oh my God. But hey, it's a gem. It's a gem. I need to jump on this. And I was just, you know, even when we had the play KE music, Mm. um, I call campaign. it <laughs> campaign. Mm-hmm. It was not at the oh your music is not great. It's just why are we playing my same thing? Because even as times. I look back at my own like radio listening history when I was younger, it's the always the same thing that is played. Your Beyonce, Jordan Sparks. <laughs> at that time it was Sparks, Jordan Sparks. And Chris Brown and No Air. Gosh. Hey, oh my gosh. Thing. And you know, remember even on the Gazette they used to put uh, the lyrics yes. on Sunday. <laughs> on the bars on Sunday. Gosh. There's a generation that has no idea what I'm talking about. Imagine. And it's you not even out. that young. Like us guys are young. So <laughs> that's how much of a difference there is. Yeah. But you're very correct. Like there's those small things that it's it's you have the power is what i'm saying mm. but then what happens is now this this two shows that are trying even when patricia was on homeboys mm. she used to have that show she used to play kenyan music yes. it was sunday afternoon yeah you know yeah we need to change how we're thinking about things mm-hmm. and you know media has so much power to influence how people think exactly so you if you want them to think like this is what the cool thing is and it's subconscious it to make up like yeah this is the cool thing you just find yourself like yeah oh i don't like that as much but at least i'm seeing things changing and i think corona has really helped Mm -hmm. because now 
people are at home so they're consuming stuff more how they want mm. there's that choice for oh, okay this person is doing a live performance let's watch them yeah you know and then you you get to appreciate things differently as well and it's sure. now you're appreciating artistry as opposed yeah. to just music yeah. you know i think i i, I watched nyashinsky's music album launch mm-hmm. which he did live mm-hmm. and i'm like um selim sani kwasababu he had a band yeah but it was just him city he has dance there was no dancers there was no nothing but yeah. he was performing yeah they were literally in a room with a band they were enjoying themselves yeah and he it was his thing he did mm-hmm. it the way he would do it mm-hmm. it's not at a copy to conform paste. to some standards exactly. or to that, yeah mm-hmm. and that that was the beauty of his artistry yeah. where it's like either way I'll enjoy. Mm. I've never watched Calligraph Jones live. Yeah. But every video I've seen of Calligraph either on Instagram or whatever, yeah. he's just a great performer. Mm. But he does it in his own way. Yeah. And you know, performance is different from being a great musician mm, because true. those a musician true. and a performer are different things. True, true. So you can sing. I hate to say this, but I remember when I went for Georgia Smith concert, I was yeah. like, "Girl, you're a great musician." But performance yeah. you look like mm. Trauma. <laughs> <laughs> you know and maybe okay she's also fairly young i think it was her first big arena show mm. so you know all those factors considered and yeah. it's great for me to see her again and be like bro you've improved as mm. in those ones for while you're growing yeah you know of course we have to create room for artists to also like grow. grow yeah but how did we get here i don't remember radio is how we got here you people for radio ask people for radio so even and i think even for me i'm usually very particular of course if you're done controlling music you're curating mm. and what i heard on that show on capital is mm. the presenter is the one who i don't know if she's the one who did it but mm. in my mind i was like she's very aware of these mm. even the way she's talking about that the artist in the song she's yeah. she's on who curated the show yeah. and you can feel and hear the difference yeah. because if you're playing the same song every day uh, even God, you I'm sure even you are tired yeah <laughs> and maybe it's dictated to you yeah. what is playing and i think that's what radio need to change yeah. another thing for you know also what annoys me is cuz like in australia when we play music mm-hmm. they've partnered mm-hmm. with like I guess the MCSK version is called Apra Amkos. Mm-hmm. So if your music is played there, yeah. you are paid your royalties mm. if you're in the states because they partnered with whatever the commission is there. Yeah. Not just there, they partnered with a few countries. I'm not sure all of them. And so for me, I was just like, we literally have a dead body because first of all, the airplay I've given Kenyan artists alone yeah. should be at Atakama, you're getting $20. Your song is being played somewhere and you're not making money for it. And I guess I'm, I'm assuming MCSK is literally not paying any of these artists. It's just giving them airplay. As or it's like peanuts. If it's being paid, it's like peanuts. Peanuts. And so yeah. the fact that we keep playing their music, the reason Kenyan artists are angry is because this is their way of this is their space to make money yeah but you're refusing them of that space to yeah. make money also yeah because you're just being a gatekeeper mm. and it's literally that because it's cool stuff yeah it's like anti- everyone is boring and annoying. Yeah. you need to do research to find that out true and i think i'm also really grateful for um i think just like this corona thing i think has changed a lot of things or it has like you said has forced people to sit down and just look at life and see okay this is not the way i want to live life anymore this is not how i need to be 
be treated um and so i think even just like the um the formation of creative watchdog ke i don't know if you yes so that i think it's so amazing that kenyans are like no we can't do this anymore we're tired of like the bureaucracy and the systems and just the corruption and just like the the ugliness of of like the systems in place that are set to you know either give artists what their due is just all of that so i think it's just things like that just make me so hopeful like how yes. people are just like we're taking control and it's and we're speaking for ourselves and we're not allowing this to happen anymore so um yeah i was really grateful for like the creative watchdog now they did a really good job and then they are doing a really important job it is and i think we need yeah. something like that and I always say like I think that the weakness is also we're just so divided as a community mm. where it's like oh if it's musicians it's a musician problem mm. if it's filmmakers it's a filmmaker's problem yeah. but it's like all these things are linked yeah, because you all benefit from each other mm-hmm. the filmmaker will need someone to do their music exactly the filmmaker will need someone to mix for them yeah the musician will need a music video yeah you know and it goes beyond that this is just like I guess the basics mm. theater is a whole different avenue mm-hmm. and again even within acting it's like there's a theater issues and the film issues yeah. you know it's so divided and i think it's also that colonial mindset i don't want to i know it's not as simple as being like colonialism yeah. but it's it's a root yeah that. like yeah. It's, it's roots from that yeah. and also like again our government is just not seeing their value in supporting the arts and you know for them they're just looking at us like you guys are not serious yeah because everything they are seeing is just like even if we want to help you i mean how do we? but then there's so many ways and yeah. i think for me this what i've figured out i think the solution is you need to put people who have the interests of musicians there yeah which is very rare to find in this country because everyone is there for themselves yeah. which is the biggest problem yeah but then people who are making policies because let me tell you there's no yes. policy holding the government accountable <gasps> so even them even if you want to make this at a legal issue a policy issue they literally have yeah. nothing holding them exactly to you know to, to account, account. Yeah. so they, they can be like no we are literally not accountable yeah. because of how it's been created and again we need a ministry of arts and culture bro yeah. culture led alone. by people who are experts in those fields it Ex- can't be just oh like someone who's oh random God. that has because i think that's also what it is yes they don't pick people who are passionate about the arts and culture and who have not even knowledge. just a passion but the knowledge to back up that passion mm. so yeah it just has to be led by people who are experts in in their various artistic and cultural fields and involve consultants mm. like consulting is a key mm. i don't know everything as much as yes you know if i was in that position i'd be like yeah yeah, yeah i know but then my knowledge is very limited mm-hmm. even to my practice yeah so so you need to involve people who yeah. are knowledgeable in different things to make it better for, for everyone sure. else. For sure. Because even speaking of, you know, the things we were talking about, even reaching out to to these people, like you're seeing, like musicians have died. That's when you see them on TV. Yeah. And you're like, bro. Sometimes even you even you thought someone was dead. By yeah. The way. And then you're like, oh. Hiya, I didn't know. <laughs> As in, it's also for, oh my God. Amma, you even forgot about someone like, yeah. by the way, as in, yeah. and that alone is a problem, mm-hmm. which is what I was saying before, like, 
Humasakala, you know about it. Like we celebrate, we even celebrate them, which is great. I'm not even saying that it's a wrong thing. I yeah. do that too. Yeah. But we need to do the same. Our legends die miserably. Yes. They're not <sighs> legends. And they're only legends if it's, you knew them. Yeah. So sure. why are we why are they and that's what also um like Blinky was saying about that artist he was going to sample mm. from is this guy was just playing in cover bands. Mm. People don't even understand like how the like how uh, what a resource he is. The, his brain. Yeah. And you know, for me, what fascinates me is these people didn't go to street, they didn't have the resources we have today. Mm. But they figured how to work with what they have yeah. and make their thing their thing. And it was purposeful as well. You could be yeah. like, oh, when you hear this person was raised here, you're like, oh my God, that's where yeah. the influence of the sound came yeah. from. It's chill because he's from Kosto. So yeah. there's that vibe. Yeah. Even the instrumentation. You like there's so it's much. It's There's no separation of the art and life. the culture and the environment. Yeah, and I think even just as I really dive into just like the wealth of Kenyan his like musical history and artistic history it's just so beautiful to see how life and art were one and the same there's no like oh i'm going to now set a, an hour of my day to practice my musical instrument no you sang as you went along with life when you're digging in the shamba you're singing when you're going to when you're singing when you're putting your baby to sleep you're singing so life and art were inter were intertwined and i think it's just something that is so beautiful and affirming so yeah yeah Virgil Kenya thanks for like even putting that thing up and you know what it's doing and for I think most a lot of people if you can and you're listening huh? um, yeah like share your resources and I guess even for me what I've been trying to do which is I think what you're also saying is it is very difficult because <laughs> the intersection of culture just alone it was a part of culture mm-hmm. like to seeing as you're digging and you know all these things that we now it's not as common it mm-hmm. doesn't do like you know mm-hmm. please to sing so they make work easier and yeah. more fun yeah you know it's creative so yeah. you're not thinking like oh my god i'm digging all day yeah it's like oh we digged all day at the end of the day yeah. and stuff like that yeah. um and that was the purpose mm-hmm. of even that stuff mm-hmm. and then even you know oh gosh this is something that i've seen in like weddings you know these days and this bands mm-hmm. and then they sing songs from like different communities mm-hmm. and there's one song that has been sung over and over and over and apparently it's a circumcision song and it's not even for that yes and yeah, it's like yeah. wait so uh, you know that thing we're talking about this this purpose like you you don't just sing songs for the sake because you know the song understand the ceremony this is for mm-hmm. you know like okay this is done this time this time this time this time yeah. and i think it's also very disrespectful yes especially when you do stuff like that because even not the elders of those communities are like <laughs> you know it's just one of those exactly. things for what yeah this these things have they you're not just singing a song it has such meaning and value behind it like you said it's not just like performing a song or just because you're from the same community so it must <laughs> you know belong yeah. and it invokes like certain feelings mm-hmm. i was watching this um cnn i don't call it a document it is a documentary but it's in episodes mm-hmm. by zainab denawi mm-hmm. i hope i didn't 
messed up her last name mm-hmm. and she's going around africa and um it's a really good series please look look at it okay. because she talks about very many different things like religion and she takes you through the journey like in just africa but she yeah. goes to different countries yeah and then if they're interconnected she'll move from like that country to the next yeah so she was in zimbabwe mm-hmm. and they were talking about um Uh, traditional spiritual African spirituality mm. and it's very strong there and it's heavily practiced yeah. amongst certain communities and yeah. certain regions yeah. um you know things like the land is owned by the community so yeah. what does that mean and what does that look like even now mm-hmm. in 22 I think it was 2019 or something yeah. like things we went 2019 what is different but yeah. there was these people who were um they were practicing libation mm-hmm. and they were doing arain arain that they were rainmakers mm-hmm. so for them they're saying like you know this and the, the person who was talking was saying like science is not different from from religion or spirituality and what they believe it's like it's the same thing yeah. we're praying to the cosmos so yeah. when he was saying when we're dancing and we're stomping you know we're recreating the sounds of the rain mm. we're talking to when we're talking to our ancestors we're asking them for rain we're creating those sounds yeah. we're doing movements that yeah. and i was like oh my god people need to watch this thing yeah. because that was it that's what we had mm. but then you know as we're evolving i think we also have this idea that again we've been conditioned to believe that outside is better yeah then you go outside and you're like bro it's not <laughs> you it's like hey. mm-hmm. and i'm so happy like at least now i feel like a lot of us are realizing like bro our grandparents are going to die with everything yeah if we do not talk to these people mm. we're going to miss so much yeah because even them my friend is um she's calendrian and she's telling me like you know like now the elders are like we don't even know who to hand this over to because no one is worthy of this position no one is worthy it's, and it's know. not just something you give to people like yeah, for the sake there's of a it. whole process you're chosen yeah yeah and those practices are not we we were be, we were told to believe are uh, wrong and you know all those things that yeah. we were told but when you read and understand them you realize like the purpose so behind beautiful everything yeah. and i listened to again this podcast by Russell Brand and the lady she's talking to is called Wendy Mandy mm-hmm. <laughs> and i never forget her name because it's Wendy, <laughs> Wendy Mandy and she's a uh, i keep on forgetting the the name of what she does mm-hmm. like what the practice is yeah. but she basically has lived with the indigenous community in different parts of the world mm-hmm. and she understands how, what their way of life is mm-hmm. and she was talking about ceremony mm-hmm. so things are done in ceremony mm-hmm. you don't just decide to you know just do it randomly drink milk yeah. at this time okay yeah. that's a bit extreme <laughs> but like she she was talking even about now what as like delic drugs right now mm. and she's saying all those drugs were healing was medicine mm. and it didn't have the same effect because they were used purposely for medicine mm. but it was practiced in ceremony so she's yeah. saying even marijuana like you just, just didn't smoke it anywhere yeah. at any time there was mm. a time for it there was a way it was done mm. everyone is participating yeah. um and so it doesn't have a harmful effect but i didn't even know tobacco was medicine she's the one i had it there i'm like what mm-hmm. and she has practiced mm-hmm. these now ceremonies and has taken these drugs mm-hmm. what are now drugs now within ceremony and she says it's a completely different experience yeah. because you're doing it the right way yeah. Yeah. and you know there's an understanding of the people and the space and the environment are one mm. so even that detachment alone just messes up a lot of things yeah 
And I think that's something that um just like this whole process I think even just like 2 years ago I think I also was very intent I had been going um so let me backtrack so like now my friends in university um started putting together what they called um a whiteness conference and so it was just basically trying to understand how um you know how with colon- colonization what the impacts were on you know how we move um our politics our friendships um the economics of just all of that and how it has just continually manifested over time and so i think they were also just bringing in the whole um aspect of wholeness and how like you said in in traditional like in traditional african communities there's the aspect of um there being you're linked to to the to the to what's around you to nature and this this whole thing of um a constant awareness of of the oneness of life um and so and even like i guess how you're saying in 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 ceremonies how everything was done with a purpose and with like a whole holistic purpose as as you know as you did it um and how with you know with colonization and with what happened like there was now that fragmentation where you had like separate um avenues and aspects of life and so even now with with vegetarian i think that's something i've also been trying to like incorporate and just like you know just that whole aspect of like wholeness what does wholeness look like uniting why i'm spiritually physically occupationally what does that look like and so i think that's yeah that's really and with like Raja Kenya what sort of like direction obviously you don't have to know this because things change yeah <laughs> for sure but what's yeah, like life. your your direction that you want to go in or what has changed since like when you started and you were like oh maybe i should do this yeah. oh maybe i should do this mm. what are the learnings and the findings um, in that process i think definitely the learnings have been now also trying to focus it on you know the minority like i told you minority groups and especially women and the intersection of the two and also how um i think okay my ultimate goal would be kind of creating like a physical space where people like you know okay. like a museum <laughs> you know just like a museum or somewhere where people can come and like experience you know yeah yeah like i think that would be so cool like a music museum cuz i was just like thinking that we have such a wealth of also traditional musical instruments that are not being taught and so the people who mm. know how to play those things i mean you're kind of they're dying with that knowledge and even or maybe even the people who make those instruments yeah. um are dying with that knowledge i mean i think in KU they do have um i think they do teach um traditional musical instruments but then again outside of i think people learning it in school you don't really practice it after you leave school yeah. so i feel like that needs to be something also need that i guess the physical space will cater for you know just like the facilitation of the creation of musical instruments and being able to pass that knowledge on and so i think it would be really nice my ultimate dream and my hope is that it would be like a physical space for everyone to come to i would also be devoid or devoid of like class um oh yes you know because i think also that's just something that's really interesting that I've just really picked on as I've done my research how like class just even affects how people view music cuz even I know for myself when I was younger listening to benga you didn't have caught me listening to benga like excuse me <laughs> but just seeing how that is tied to like like class and how you see people and how you rank people and I just think um that's not 
music is is created for everyone to enjoy and i don't think there should be that you know so i don't know it's just been interesting how just by studying music you're able to also just analyze or pinpoint you know the issues we have in society um issues that have happened like politically how politically engaged music is yes um economically so when you're studying music you're just like actually studying like everything yes and it's good you've pointed that out because what well, i wanted to even make clear to maybe people with negative connotations toward the musician is like the message behind music you know the fact that eric wainana was arrested because he sang in chiakitu kidogo that alone because he's reflecting the times yeah. what's up nina simone yeah. um, <laughs> oh my gosh nina simone and wow you know i actually watched nina simone's documentary and also watched yes. james baldwin's documentary yes. and seeing how those two people use their art to mm-hmm. just communicate with the political climate of the time yeah. is very wholesome yeah. because i see how that looks today mm. and how the grain is being steered away from that so when yeah. you hear things like labels dictating like no don't talk about that because yeah. it's going to hurt your image and yeah. again these things happen subconsciously it's not of course some of these things are said like straight up yeah. but even how us as consumers the things that we choose to engage with or when an artist releases a song like that and you're like no that wasn't even nice yeah. and it's like why you yeah. know those are the things you need to think about okay artists can change so just yeah. because I remember particularly with Anderson Park like I'm such a huge fan oh my god mm-hmm. so when he released the new album he was doing more it was very different from his first one like very very different um instrumentation wise and stuff and he was doing yeah. more rapping there and I remember we were discussing it and a friend was like yeah I don't like this this album as much and I felt the same the first time but I yeah. kept listening to it and I was like bro I actually really like this because mm-hmm. he was an artist in that so differently and you could see the growth from when he started and mm-hmm. then it sounded very different but then he was more than just the rapper on the drums yeah he was producing mm. you know he was singing but he was also rapping like and his performance was just so well mm. and i realized like i was limiting him yeah but artists can change in yeah. fact they should change yeah. and you sh- you as a consumer then get to decide whether you will be that change or not but yeah. you're not want to dictate for them how, how they change. should yeah, yeah um and yeah artists do reflect like the times and i mean that was a huge part of me and Makeba's mm. you know legacy yeah was and oh my god you talked about women and I think what I've been wanting to do and maybe yeah. it's something that you can do yeah <laughs> wow look at me just passing that responsibility <laughs> what um is to see how women musicians particularly participated in fighting for our independence and i i think that's like my later series on on the blog actually did that um yeah because <laughs> i was like you know i think content like just globally i think right now there's we're in a space of a lot of change a lot of revolutions are happening in different parts of the, the world a lot of people are saying um we cannot continue to perpetuate these systems of oppression and injustice and so i was now wondering and trying to look back and see okay on the continent i think it started off in kenya but you know i just was not able to find enough resources to do like you know a very detailed um 
you know study on how women in in Kenya really stood up to oppression in, in with their music and so I think I tried to now broaden it to like the continent and I was so mind blown I was like wow why are these women's stories like not known all, all, all around the continent because I mean I think they are particularly known in their countries you know for what they did but I think just it's really important like I think even just doing that study and the research was so nice because I also learned about what's happening in Chad I mean like normally I think we're discussing this with my sister no one knows what happens in Chad I mean unless you actually go and look for you know what happens in Chad so just doing that study also like enlightened and opened my mind so much and so for sure African women have been at the forefront of revolutionary struggles um, also because a lot of the time they tend to be the most oppressed yeah. in, 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 in a lot of societies and the so world, man. yeah yeah so i mean for sure yeah it's so empowering it Just is back and, see, wow. and it's uh you know that saying for Sri the i don't know how to say it but i'm gonna paraphrase like the victors of answer right history yeah it's the same thing with yes. even what we're talking about like african music versus western music yeah. is yeah, they just, you know, they're like, oh, we have Beethoven. Haha, <laughs> he was black. Did you yeah. see that whole thing? Yeah, the I was like, this is wild. And like all the memes that came, I was like, wow, this is why I sometimes love the internet. Keep <gasps> me entertained. Oh my God, that thing was hilarious. Because <laughs> really I saw, I don't know, I think really someone sent funny. it to me and I thought it was a joke. Yeah. I'm not, because I'm not on Twitter. Yeah. Then I saw all the memes and I'm like, oh yeah, this thing is legit. And then people were showing findings and, and, I, and it was so wow. funny because it was things like oh why people be singing about Beethoven on their lives and then they just found out um but yeah it was stuff like that and um how we also what I also find interesting is we do have artists but then they're celebrated more outside than within yeah true like (gasps) oh my goodness Akina Susanna Ovio yeah Makadem Nina God is not even that old you know so true but then their music be- and their music is very much traditional yeah and that it's wild is to me crazy because if i was putting up a show bro and i get even one of those people i've mentioned i did to come to the show okay. and the thing is i remember the first my introduction to makadem was actually live because mm. i went i can't remember what the name of that thing was but yeah. it was like four years ago yeah and he performed and I just to be me and Ilikwa out like I didn't even know what was happening around me I was just so in into the music and he was doing called response and you know also with for my music background I'm like wow that is such an African like a traditional way and it's so beautiful imagine call it and people it just engages everyone it was just fun and he was playing Apple with was he using I think he was playing Anyatiti and it was just it was nice again I didn't know him but it was nice and i i just wanted people to feel the same way i'm like bro just listen to this person and so i remember sometimes my sister used to make fun of me she's like are you playing those music of yours because and when she says that she means like akina angelique kijo fatimata we're the same 
WhatsApp. What's up, girl? Because my sisters will be here like, what's wrong with you? What kind of music are you playing? I'm like, guys, this is gold. Please jump on this. And you know the jump funny thing this. is, this is for a particular radio show. And I remember when yeah. I was playing the show, she was like, yeah. oh, this music is nice. Now you see, as in, I don't know if she's listening different things, yeah. but she had the songs that she's like, oh. oh. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Is that all moment yeah. for, oh my God. Yeah. Let me go and find more about, you know, yeah. this person. Yeah. Okay, we took a short commercial break. Commercial? Lies? It was just a break. There's no commercials here. Unless you can sponsor us, you know. Um, yeah, so we're just going to pick up this conversation from whatever. So don't be like, oh my God, that's what you said before. And that's what breaks are for. Um, anyway, we've had a long conversation about so many things. Yeah. <laughs> During so our break. <laughs> that has been informative. But... Um, the purpose again was like I just really wanted to have a space where you can talk about where you're Kenyan, like people can find mm-hmm. out about it and mm-hmm. know this. If you didn't know, know there's that platform. If you didn't know who is behind it, like me, you can now know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just you know, there's so many. It's a really good way of sharing a huge, huge part of things that um, need to be said, people we need to find out about. Like, it's a whole story that's not being documented, but we now have someone who's documenting. And I think also, if you're listening and you're able to, like, help out with information yes. and stuff, oh that would goodness. be really nice yes. to just even build. Yeah, or, um, sure. well, it's not even my platform. I'm talking no, please! Please, <laughs> like, please, talk! Send talk, us talk, a request. Talk, talk, um, but yeah, like even, I guess even if you're, because I remember you saying partnership. Yeah. So maybe you even did your own car research about someone yeah. and it would be really helpful to access that information um, and help. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Really. Okay. Yeah. Please let me know because this is out. not even like about me, truly. It's like literally about all of us. So um, please. Yes. 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 Yeah. It's been really nice. Obviously, we couldn't just leave the conversation hanging like that. <laughs> It had to have a proper ending, but I'm really keen to like see more and do more, and I'm also keen to hear what you people think. So yeah. you can send us a message or a voice note, which is something really cool and new that I didn't know until we got into Anka, which is like yeah. a hosting platform. Yeah. But they give you that option, so people can oh, send you wow. voice notes. I know. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting! Because me, I love voice notes. I always record things in voice notes, and send so this is great. This is wonderful. Preferably, no, we don't mind. Um, and tell us what you think, and then any options and tell us the socials for where people can find of what they need to find yeah so um it's www.verjokenya.com and you spell verjokenya w-e-r-j-o-k-e-n-y-a um and on instagram it's um ver so w-e-r underscore jokenya felt the same way and then i'm on twitter but like honestly i really need to just work on my twitter <laughs> presence because this is struggling yeah, i'm not even on twitter so um yeah. but yeah like i mainly post on on instagram and on on my and on my blog so that's where you find me i'll put the links on the on the bio but <laughs> they laugh like that i don't know well i'm awkward as hell so yeah thanks so much for hosting us also in your space um oh, and sharing pleasure. and hopefully we'll make a comeback and again share all that stuff from wherever you're listening from i feel like every time i say all the places you can listen from is a bit redundant at the end because you've literally listened to this somewhere <laughs> so 
wherever you're listening from keep listening from there um yeah but please send your feedback and your message and whatever um so we can keep keep updated and maybe we can share the stuff and stay tuned for the next episode of the next person who is going to be talking about whatever they do i know it sounds super big like it is but the point the, po- <laughs> the point is for you to wait and see who it is yeah and you can catch like miriam on the next episode actually of things we like so yeah thank you very much thank you for having me you are honestly one of the best people to have a conversation with oh my god i'm so shy right now (laughs) jokes but not jokes okay i'm going to end this now bye guys um yeah and stay safe please thanks bye